Browns, talking birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Route 6A, Orleans, Cape Cod. On the web at birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By the Boston Harbor Island Alliance. Minutes away, worlds apart. Go to bostonharborislands.org for more information. Good morning, and welcome to our show, number 518, coming to you today from Panama's Soberanilla National Park in the justly famous Canopy Tower, part of the Canopy family of eco-lodges. We've had the pleasure of staying at three of those lodges this week, including the Canopy Camp in Darien, eastern Panama, the Canopy Lodge in the western Panama foothills, and right here at the tower, just a short distance from the Panama Canal. Well, anybody who wants to see an outstanding variety of birds in mind-boggling variety and spectacular beauty, along with gracious and delightful accommodations, uh, really could do no better than to come to one or more of the Canopy family's lodges. They are really amazing. Here's a little very random sample of the birds we've seen and heard in these three Canopy family locations. Chestnut-headed oropendula, Christmas, not Christmas, we're a little ahead of, we're ahead of, we're ahead of ourselves seasonally here. Uh, Crimson-backed tanager, broad-tailed trogon, swallow-tailed kite, yellow-crowned mannequin, purple-throated fruit crow, keel-billed toucan, flame-rumped tanager, and an ultra-elusive and almost impossible to see bird that sounds like this. I have to say, this is one bird that kind of looks the way it sounds. It's the great potu, a bird that during the day is nearly impossible to see, even when you're looking straight at it, thanks to its camouflage colors and the way it makes itself look like part of the tree branch on, on which it is perched. And that really is just a small sampling of the astonishing array of species we've seen and heard here, along with lots of other amazing creatures from two-toed and three-toed sloths, Howler monkeys, Jeffrey's tamarind monkeys, white-headed capuchins, Panamanian night monkeys, agoutis, peccaries, and one very large crocodile. And I think most fabulous of all are the wonderful guides we've had the pleasure and honor to have lead us through the labyrinths of Panamanian forests and fields and mountains and stream sides in search of all these beautiful and fascinating creatures. Domi Alveo. Danilo Rodriguez and Alex Sanchez deserve special mention for their fantastic works as they displayed their more than considerable skills as birders and leaders and as wonderful companions along the trails. And in just a little bit, we'll welcome two other very special folks from the Canopy family as our guests here on this morning's show. Right now, conservation salute. This is our conservation salute of the week. And this time it's to the Boise, Idaho-based Peregrine Fund, a nonprofit organization dedicated to saving birds of prey from extinction, and among whose claims to fame is the fact that they played a major role in saving the peregrine falcon from extinction. And we're saluting this week in recognition of their efforts right here in Panama. 
Still to come on our show today, we'll hear some details of why we chose the Peregrine Fund for our conservation salute. When we meet Canopy Family Communications Manager and resident biologist Jen Sinisak, and also senior guide Carlos Bethencourt, and we'll hear the remarkable story of how Carlos's grandmother taught him a lesson that led to his becoming a dedicated birder. We'll also present, as always, our Talking Birds Mystery Bird Contest, in which the winner will receive a fabulous feeder from Droll Yankees, makers of the world's best bird feeders. And up next, from right here in the country known as the Crossroads of America, beautiful Panama will meet today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. Since we're broadcasting today's Talkin' Birds show from the amazing Canopy Tower here in Panama, we thought we'd make the national bird of Panama today's featured feathered friend. It's not a tiny hummingbird or a motmot or a trogon or a potu. It's a big bird, a really big and really fierce bird. In fact, it's the largest and most powerful raptor found in the Americas. It's the harpy eagle. bigger than a bald eagle and bigger than a golden eagle with females weighing up to 22 pounds. An exceptionally large captive female, Jezebel, is said to have weighed 27 pounds. The much smaller male harpy eagle averages about 10 pounds. The wingspan of the harpy is surpassed by several large eagles like the bald and golden eagles that live in more open habitats. The harpy relies on a relatively short wingspan still more than seven feet, to help it maneuver through tropical forests in search of prey, which includes sloths and monkeys and relatively large carnivores like kinkajous and coatis, and sometimes even larger prey like capybaras, peccaries, and deer. And although they also feed on large birds, they're credited with controlling the population of species like capuchin monkeys, which prey extensively on birds' eggs. The harpy eagle's common name refers to the harpies of ancient Greek mythology, wind spirits that took the dead to Hades and were said to have a body like an eagle and the face of a human. It might also be said that the harpy eagle has the foot of a bear. Its rear talons are the same size as the claws of a grizzly, three to four inches long. But despite its size and power and ferocity, the harpy eagle needs help. It's an endangered species, threatened by loss of habitat from clear-cutting, destruction of nesting sites, and shooting. Harpies need large tracts of territory to hunt and nest in. Each nesting pair has but a single chick every two to three years. And with such low density and low rate of reproduction, even the smallest pressure on their hunting abilities eliminates them from an area. The good news is that in 1989, a bird conservation group called the Peregrine Fund began a program to learn how to breed harpy eagles in captivity and to return them to their rainforest habitat. With the cooperation of many Latin American countries, including Panama, the fund began a captive breeding program. Almost 50 harpy eagles have been released in Panama and Belize since 1998, while the fund carried out an education program designed to help people understand that harpy eagles need to be protected. 
and it was the work of the Peregrine Fund and Panamanian Partners that led on April 10, 2002, to Panama declaring the Harpy Eagle as its national bird. The Harpy Eagle, Harpia Harpija. Today's Talkin' Birds featured feathered friends. Good morning. Welcome again to our show. Number 518. Live today from the Canopy Tower here in Panama. Jen Sinisak is communications manager and resident biologist with the Canopy family, and she is here with us right now. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Ray. Great to have you uh, with us or have us with you. Uh, it's wonderful to be here, certainly. What a place. Oh, it's wonderful to have you here with us. We, uh, we're going to get a little history of the Canopy family, including this uh, amazing Canopy Tower from which we're broadcasting this morning. But first, I want to hear a little about your very special connection, which we only learned about after we got here with the Harpy Eagle. Yeah, and as you mentioned uh, with your conservation shout out, conservation corner um, uh, for this week is uh, Idaho's the Peregrine Fund and World Center for Birds of Prey. And for 20 years, they have studied the Harpy Eagle here in Panama. Um, that is my principal connection here to Panama. It's the reason why I came to Panama in 2008 to work on the Harpy Eagle release and conservation project here in Soberania National Park. So my role on the project was to uh, track using radio telemetry the several individuals released in the park to make sure they were finding food and, and uh, doing well. And eventually those birds were retrapped and moved to larger tracts of forest such as Darien National Park. Mm -hmm. So what's the status now of the harpy eagle? I mean, uh, I know it's a bird that if you, if you were to tell someone that maybe you saw it, uh, there would be some derisive laughter, perhaps, but what is the status of, of the bird? Well, the harpy eagle, being an apex predator, is quite rare yeah, throughout its range. Uh, here in Panama, well, global status is near threatened, uh, but considered endangered by many countries. Uh, very difficult to encounter. They're a large forest, uh, forest raptor, and they stay very uh, secluded in the canopy of the the forest um, despite their large size they're they're very difficult to come across and even in my personal experience even with radio telemetry there they can be challenging at that um, they are one of the most spectacular birds here and anyone uh, who gets a a chance to encounter one is very lucky okay we're still working on it well the phrase world famous certainly applies to many nearby locations including the panama canal which we can see from our broadcast spot here and the pipeline birding trail right down the road from here and of course this canopy tower itself known to birders everywhere and rated as one of the top 100 birding sites in the world so we've had the joy of experiencing Experiencing some of the wonders of the Panamanian forests on the TLC tour. Uh, the L is the Canopy Lodge in the western foothills. The C is the Canopy Camp in Darien in the eastern part of the country. And the T, the tower right here in Central America. And joining us now is Canopy Family Senior Guide, uh, guide Carlos Bethencourt, uh, to give us a little story about uh, the Canopy Tower. Good morning, Carlos. Good morning, Ray. Thank you for this opportunity. We're very happy to be here today. Give us a brief history, Carlos, of this uh, famous tower, if you would. Okay, the Canopy Tower, you know, was built in 1965. And the main purpose uh, was to protect the Panama Canal. 
It was the main purpose of this. After that, it was used by the uh, uh, U.S. Air Force to detect a small airplane coming from South America that were bringing drugs into the country. So that was uh, a good use for it. And then in 1996, the uh, Semaphore Hill Road or the area turned back to Panama with the Torrijos Carter treaties. Mm -hmm. So as part of the Soberanía National Park. Wasn't until 1997 when Raul Arias de Para, uh, the owner, got a concession or a long-term lease for the Canopy Tower, you know, transforming in what it is today. If you see the picture of what the Canopy Tower was before, you know, you won't believe what it is today. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I got here where it was already done. Because, <laughs> you know, Raul got a really good vision. You know, just a military-grade building, no windows. You know, if I wouldn't come here before, I wouldn't be working here. I'm glad I came here <laughs> a year after. Uh, it's just really, a really uh, a great setup where it is today, you know, to study the canopy birds, to see the wildlife. I think one of the best recycling projects in the whole, uh, in the world, you know? <laughs> So, yeah, Raul really is a visionary in that way, isn't he? That he could en envision this becoming what it is today. Yeah, he's always, I was looking for something uh, nice and unique, you know, in the area. So um, we're very lucky to be part of this team and part of the family, you know. That's what we call the Canopy family. Indeed, yeah. And the first thing, even before the tower, was the Canopy Adventure, right, which still exists. The Canopy Adventure, well, the first one, yeah, the first uh, uh, of all this, uh, of all this uh, business of, uh, of nature, the Canopy Adventure was the first one, which is a zip line located in El Valle de Anton. And that's the first one with the trails and uh, a protected area. And that's the one that really started everything. And then the Canopy Tower, and then we have the Canopy Lodge, then the Canopy Bed and Breakfast, and the Canopy Camp at the end. Uh, who knows? There might be something else coming, so stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can give me any secrets there, or are you going to keep this uh, uh, in-house? Uh, well, uh, well, you know, we are working always on something, and Raul is always throwing out ideas, you know, and yeah. then uh, we're following his, you know, his ideas. <laughs> we'll try to get some secrets revealed and uh, report them on a subsequent show here, here on Talking Birds. So when the tower first opened, people came here, obviously, early on, and and what was the experience like when you when you first opened the tower? Okay, the, the Canopy Tower opened in 1999 in January. And the first group that came to the Canopy Tower was a Victor Emanuel Nature Tour. Now it's at Vent, a famous work company that traveled all over the world. And then uh, he's actually been one of the companies that actually opened each one of the lodges. So uh, he likes to take the first group there. So they opened the place and then... Uh, they brought the first group, so people just came in to enjoy the, the birding and the nature. And that's when we started developing all this idea of having the guides here. And then I came a year later, so I've been here, almost, it's going to be my 15 years this year. I came uh, to the tower just to do a hot migration survey and for a month, and 15 years later, I'm still here, mm -hmm. you know, working. But the yeah, people that came here to the tower are really amazed. Like my personal experience, first time I came up to the observation deck, I was amazed by the view. And I have a huge migration of raptors, broadwing hawk, swayson hawk, and it was, it was uh, amazing. So I was like, I stayed, you know, it was like a love on the first sight when I came in. So I'm, I'm still here, that's why I'm still here. <laughs> All right, that's the proof right there. That's Carlos Bethencourt, Senior Guide with the Canopy family. We're broadcasting live this morning from the Canopy Tower here in Panama. And up next, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute.
Public ferry service to the Boston Harbor Islands has ended for the season, but you can still visit the beautiful Boston Harbor Islands peninsulas open year-round. World's End in Hingham, Deer Island in Winthrop, Webb Memorial Park in Weymouth, and Nut Island in Quincy. They're connected to the mainland and accessible by car, offering stunning views of Boston Harbor and its islands, plus birding, hiking, biking, and cross-country skiing. Enjoy your national park all year long. For more information, please visit bostonharborislands.org. Here on Talking Birds Now, a message from our friends at Ducks Unlimited. Since 1937, Ducks Unlimited has been a world leader in wetlands conservation, ensuring safe passage for nature's most beautiful creations, protection against flooding, and sanctuary for the human soul. If we don't want to grow old in a world without wild places, we must speak up, we must step up, so that we may fill the skies for generations to come. Week on our show, we present the Mystery Bird Contest. It's made possible in part by the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, a world leader in the study, appreciation, and conservation of birds. Please check them out at birds.cornell.edu. You're eligible to win if you haven't been a winner here on Talking Birds in the past six months. Our prize this morning is a, a Droll Yankee's beautiful new generation. 15-inch sunflower or mixed seed feeder, and it's the color of our surroundings here, forest green. That's our prize from Droll Yankees, makers of the world's best bird feeders. Uh, the number to call is 781-837-4900. We always urge you to call as soon as you can so we don't run out of time on our rather short program. 781-837-4900 is the number, and here is the sound of our mystery bird. Our mystery bird is a small songbird that winters down here in Central America, including Panama, as well as in parts of South America and Southern Mexico. The male is black with orange patches on the sides of the chest and on the wings and tail. The female is mostly gray with patches of yellow, replacing the male's bright orange. Our bird has a white belly and a small, thin bill. It moves rapidly as it feeds on insects and some small fruits. That would be our mystery bird this morning. What do you think it is? Take a guess or tell us definitively what that bird is. Uh, if no correct answer is received, as always, we'll do a drawing and um, award the... Uh, the prize, the Droll Yankees feeder, at random to one of our callers here. Again, 781-837-4900 is the number here on the Mystery Bird Contest. Meanwhile, now normally we have our Let's Ask Mike segment. Mike O'Connor from the also very famous Bird Watchers General Store on Cape Cod. Mike has been with us on virtually every program um, since we began almost 10 <laughs> years ago. Uh, we're going to give Mike the day off today uh, because we're here with uh, Carlos Bethencourt and Jen Sinisak from the Tower. So we're going to call our segment normally Let's Ask Mike today. Let's Ask Carlos. And Carlos has an amazing story to tell us in just one minute. There's a crisis facing us today that reaches far beyond borders or boundaries. It's our planet and it's in trouble. Scientists estimate that climate change will increasingly alter our planet, and many of our land and water resources will be at risk. Without them, 
we could lose many of the natural habitats that support life on Earth. Not only will numerous plant and animal species disappear, but the quality of life for all of us will never be the same. What scientists haven't calculated is the power of the human will to work together to save the future of our natural world and all of its inhabitants. If you're ready to make a difference that lasts, to help protect nature and preserve life, visit the Nature Conservancy at nature.org today. That's nature.org today. Well, Carlos Bethencourt has been with the Canopy Tower almost since it began, I think uh, a year after it started. He was telling us just moments ago. And Carlos, uh, many people remember what they call a spark bird, kind of the bird that gave them that spark that really kind of hooked them on the idea of watching birds. But for you, it wasn't just a bird that you looked at. It's something else happened uh, in association with a bird that, that really changed your life. Tell us that story. Uh, hello, Ray. Yes. Uh... You know, I was uh, almost uh, nine years old when I built my uh, first slingshot. You know, we call it biombo in Spanish. So I built my own slingshot. So I grew up in a small town uh, near the Canal Zone. Uh, and then I used to explore the areas around my grandma's property. So when I had my slingshot, I went out into the forest. and found this nice mixed flock. So I grabbed a rock and put it on my slingshot and I shot it through the trees. And I see this thing coming down. You know, there was this small bird came down. I went, I went and ran to pick it up. I got it. I look at the bird. I look at the wings. It looked yellow on the wind, uh, blue on top of the head, red feet. So I went running to see my grandma to show her what I did. So I went there. And when I got there, I said, Grandma, Grandma, Grandma. <laughs> and she's like, what happened? What's going on? Are you okay? He said, yeah, I'm okay. Just look what I, look what I got. She said, what is that? I like, look, I just, I just got this one. She said, how you did it? She said, well, just with my slingshot. First shot, Grandma, and I got this. She's like, wow, how do you feel? I say, I feel great. You know, I feel really, I'm good with this. I'm really good with this. She's like, wow, so you're, you're very proud, right? So next question she asked me is like, how do you want it? And I, how do I want what? Say, how do you want me to uh, uh, prepare this bird for you? I said, prepare? It's, yes, to cook, to cook this bird for you. He said, Grandma, I don't, I don't want to eat this bird. She said, then why you kill it? Mm -hmm. I, I was sort of thinking for a minute, you know, it was a red-legged honeycreeper. It's a very small bird. So Grandma peeled it off and deep fried and put it in front of me on a plate, you know. And she didn't make me eat it, but I got the lesson. She, she told me, Carlos, if you're going to do kill something in the forest or on the wildlife, it's because you really need it. I've been cooking for you on the, this morning, uh, having you a nice lunch, and you bring a bird, so you must eat it. So next day, I took my slingshot apart. And I was thinking, you know, what I was doing that, I was thinking I'm glad it wasn't a grackle. You know, I wouldn't be, <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be terrible. So, so I took the slingshot apart, and then... I started exploring the area again around my grandma's farm. So I found a bird nest and I climbed the tree. I checked the nest and I see this beautiful turquoise color eggs. I remember this clearly three eggs in there. And I came down the tree and I said, wow, this must be a beautiful, a colorful bird coming in. So when I saw this brown bird coming toward the nest, 
I grab a rock and say, oh, oh this bird is going to eat the eggs. So I, you know, I better just, you know, scare him. So when I grab the rock, I heard my grandma voice right on my head. You kill it, you eat it. So I dragged the rock right away. So I said, okay. Uh, so I'm glad I did because the bird actually sat down on the nest and started incubating the eggs. It was a clay colored robin. I mean, I could not believe that this brown bird had such a beautiful color eggs. So that got me into exploring and find out more about bird nesting and bird eggs. So I started finding hummingbirds uh, feeders, uh, parrot feeders, uh, you know, that make the nest and the termite nest. So I started exploring the area. So the, thanks to that lesson that my grandma gave me, you know, today I'm really into uh, nature. Otherwise, you know, I wouldn't be with this slingshot today still, you know. So <laughs> That's Carlos Bethancourt while wow, here at the Canopy Tower. An amazing story. We're back to the mystery bird contest. And here's the sound of our mystery bird. If we can hear that one more time, Jesse. There it is. A small songbird that winters down here in Central America as well as parts of South America and Southern Mexico. The male is black with orange patches on the side of the chest and on the wings and tail. The female mostly gray with patches of yellow replacing the male's bright orange. Our bird has a white belly and a small thin bill that moves rapidly as it feeds on insects and some small fruits. What do you think it is? 781-837-4900 is the number. We have Richard Gary somewhere in New York. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. Good morning. We're in, We're in uh, New, York. New York, which is about 50 miles south of Buffalo. 50 miles south of Buffalo. They got a little yeah. snow up there, I think. We got a little bit. It's, it's going away pretty much now, though. But we got uh, seven ski resorts around here, so it's been a terrific year for the skiing. All right. Yeah, it works for that, for sure. Well, Richard, uh, what do you think is our mystery well, I, bird? I think it's uh, one of the red finches, a house finch. Richard says a house finch. Let's see what, uh, I'm going to look at Jen and, and uh, Carlos here and see what kind of reaction they have to that guess. They're, they're not looking that enthusiastic, I don't think. So well, not a house finch, no. no. Top quality guess, though, Richard. Okay, well, thank you. We listen to you every, every Sunday, so keep on going. Well, glad to hear it. All right, thank you so much, Richard. All right. Uh, Richard there, just south of Buffalo, New York, where the snow is melting. Chuck Galesburg is uh, somewhere in Illinois. He's on the line with us here. Good morning, Chuck. Good morning, Ray. How are you this morning? I'm well, thank you. Say hello to uh, Jen and Carlos here. Good, good morning, Jen and Carlos. It sounds like you have a really exciting uh, bird adventure down there at Canopy Towers. Yes, indeed. They can't actually hear you, but I'll tell them what you said later. They'll be they'll be happy to hear that. Chuck, what Great. about our mystery bird? Uh, Chestnut-sided warbler. Chestnut-sided warbler. Let's ask Carlos if that is correct. Carlos? Chestnut-sided warbler? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, well. Hey, Chuck, thank you for the guest, do, and do do trial, try us again. Oh, that was, uh, that was Chuck in... Galesburg, Illinois. Chuck, we, we know you, and I don't know how we got your name wrong there, but you're in Galesburg, Illinois. And uh, sorry we call you Chuck Galesburg, but you're a big man there, so maybe they'll start calling you that. Maybe. Thank you, Ray. <laughs> Thank you, Chuck. All right, let's go to Jay. He is in Le Leicester, North Carolina. I think I also called Richard Gary, and Gary was actually the town where Richard was calling from. Okay, well, I'm glad we got that straightened out. Anyway, we have Jay in Leicester, North Carolina. Good morning, Jay. Yeah, good morning, Ray. Good morning. Nice to hear from you, Jay. And uh, you've heard a couple of guesses on our 
uh, mystery bird that weren't entirely accurate. So uh, what do you say? I'm going to guess an American Red Star. American Red Star. What do you say, Carlos? You got it. You got it. Very good. Perfect. Absolutely right. American Red Start is correct. Jay, uh, thank you so much, and uh, congratulations on that. We will send you that uh, beautiful Droll uh, dro Yankees feeder. Wonderful. Thanks, Ray. I appreciate that. All right. You bet. Thank you. The American Red Start, uh, a beautiful bird that, uh, I don't know, has that, has that bird left uh, here heading north yet? Yeah, still. Yeah. Was, I just saw uh, one uh, yesterday, actually, around the Canopy uh, Lodge area. So, yeah, it's heading north. Heading north. Yeah. We saw so many birds. Yeah, we saw all these. Um, we saw um, uh, purple martins and um, uh, barn swallows yesterday. All kind of kind of forming up, ready to, ready to take off. Yeah, we'll see a lot of migrants right now heading back north. So uh, this is a good time of the year to see them on a raptor migration as well. Hey, this is a very short program, and guess what? We've already run out of time. Carlos, thank you so much for being on with us. Thank you very much, Ray, and we'll hope to have you back here again in Panama. All right, we'll certainly be back. Jen, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Ray. It was a pleasure to have you here, and hopefully we'll see you again. That about wraps up our show today from the beautiful Canopy Tower here in Panama. Executive producer of Talking Birds, Mark Duffield. Associate producer, Emma Morgenstern. Our special assistant, Catherine Brown. I'm Ray Brown. We'll see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Route 6A, Orleans, Cape Cod. On the web at birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By the Boston Harbor Island Alliance. Minutes away, worlds apart. Go to bostonharborislands.org for more information.